Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Lightning Dog, the official podcast, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Lightning Dogs is conceived as an all-ages property, but these behind-the-scenes conversations are not all-ages. Listen in at your own discretion. Sometimes a great idea is truly like a bolt of lightning, and sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can capture the exact moment that it strikes. That's what happened for us one fateful night while recording an episode of Nerdy Show. We accidentally launched a concept that derailed the entire show, and in no time, our lives. We couldn't stop talking about our favorite action figures and B-movies while twisting them into strange creatures, weird adventures, and dog puns. Lots of dog puns. This is the story of Lightning Dogs, a journey steeped in the glory of 80s and 90s animation and sci-fi where anthropomorphic dogs tear through the wasteland of a ruined earth, battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire. Coming soon to small screens, comic books, and podcasts. Or at least that's the goal. But how do you go from a crazy idea into a fully formed world of conflicting characters? How does a harebrained discussion become an animated cartoon series? That's what we're finding out firsthand. We've recorded the entire development of Lightning Dogs since day one, from the moment of conception to every world-building session and planning meeting, and the journey is still ongoing. Tune in as we create the world of Lightning Dogs live. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. I'm Tony. Hi, I'm Hex. I'm Brian. And you are running with the pack now. This is this is lightning. Lightning dogs is a post-apocalyptic um, awesomeness anthropomorphic dog story that, that we came up with um, by accident one day, and, and we're still apologizing for it. By making more of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's been so popular that, that we did we did one by accident. We did one on purpose because fans funded it. Now we got to keep doing it because uh, the only way that we develop this world and these characters is really when we sit in a room together recording these podcasts. And if we don't do it here, it winds up working its way into other podcasts. And, well, they kind of deserve it. It gets really yeah, disorganized. It, it shouldn't take away from the other podcasts. It should just really be its own thing. So, so are, are, are we kenneling the Lightning Dogs ideas? Is that what we're doing? Leashing them, really. I think I gotta <laughs> check the dictionary and see if that one applies. <laughs> in this episode, we've got to... I, this might be the one. This might be the one where we really, like, finally really put a bow on this proverbial setup thing we've got so many characters uh, so much about the world but we don't it, it's not finite yet right right in the last episode we mentioned that we were working on a six-page comic project and that script is done and the comic is being developed currently yep <laughs> yes <laughs> it's <miss>? true <laughs> except no substitutions lightning dogs the official script has been produced well yes the script was produced but unfortunately production of the anthology comic that it was a part of stalled out and as such so did our production of the Lightning Dogs mini-comic. We'll link to where you can read the script, and also where you can see much of the early concept art that was created around this time, on this episode's page. Though the comic didn't get past words on a screen, the act of Doug, Tony, and I banding together over the project was pretty significant, and led to a lot of the initial concepts we roll out in this very episode. In order to do that script, we had to actually flesh out Lightning Dogs a little bit outside of the podcast. We, we started to share document. We were writing stuff back and forth. We've and kind of figured out the three. We, we've got three of the characters like set in stone yeah. at yeah. this point. We, we worked with what we had that we knew was finalized. Yeah. So we didn't introduce any new characters. Well, kind of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
we worked with what we had. So mm-hmm. um, now we have we get to sort of finalize some more stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so hard, like because we behind the scenes have done so much Lightning Dog stuff. Right, it's, right. It's it's really <laughs> hard to figure out what haven't we told them. Well, um, I mean, they know. I think they know the three main characters because we talk about them the most, which is Angela, the Basset Hound. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so stupid! I love it. I know, it's, it's great. Uh, Dingo, the Dingo, who's like their leader, and Angela's um, second in command, second like, in command, yeah. infiltrator, infiltrator. Yeah, that she's got the sniff power. She got the snout that can sniff out trouble. Pierre, who is he's like, yeah, he's he's the Panthro. Analog. Yeah, he's like the Panthro analog, except way cooler than Panthro. <laughs> he's a bit more like what. Yes, he's he's leaner than Panthro. He's kind of like a kung fu mechanic. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. He's he's the hand. Is that exactly count. what Panthro is, though? Is he? Was yes. he a mechanic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we didn't make. Well, cool well, we didn't. Shit. We didn't. Fi- we didn't finalize uh, Pierre as a mechanic, though. Uh, yeah, I'm not a Thundercats fan, so I don't. Yeah, I, I, no I, idea. I plead ignorance. <laughs> Although I will say, I will say, when I when we were working on the script for the comic book. I was like, uh, everyone should have like their own special skill. If Angela's is like, she's like the infiltrator. She's kind of small. She can, you know, like r- rough and tumble. That's her thing. And she can smell everything. What's, uh, you know, what's Pierre's thing? And I'm like, oh man, if he had like this really lean figure, like he was very skinny and he's got like, you know, the poodle afro. What if he had like nunchucks? And then I was like, well, wait a minute. I don't want to step on Thundercats territory. <laughs> and I, cause I, I was so not a fan. I've never watched Thundercats. Then I'm like, looking up, I'm like, what did Panthro do? And it must've just been osmosis. And I'm like, God damn it. What the the nunchucks. I, I, I think the thing that, set, that sets him apart, if we do keep him as a mechanic, is that he does have a very lean figure. He's yeah, more like, no, he, he looks very different. He does look different. So, which going up with this episode, in case you haven't seen them yet, official Lightning Dog designs. You're not sealed. Gonna have him. You gonna put him online? Link to, link to him on this web zone. You damn skippy. Uh, in, yeah, in the interim, I did a couple Lightning Dogs pictures Wait, myself. Oh yeah. I have, I have a totally unrelated question, but it needs. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Okay, go for it. Can we start a lightning dog's web ring? <laughs> well, on, on GeoCities? Is, is that even possible anymore? Does that happen? We do have a lightning dog's guest book, though. You could, uh, you could go and log in and... Uh, <laughs> Maybe you a little scribble. Thank us for inviting you to the wedding. paw print and the... What's, what's the thing you put in your dogs nowadays? The tracker? The little... little, little uh... Computers. You put prism in there. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, thank you, yeah. everybody. <laughs> So, so wait, wait, why do we want like an Angel Fire website with a MIDI of Dust in the Wind playing in the background for Lightning Dogs? Why do we want that? <laughs> Rotating skulls and I think and you just answered your own question, Cap. <laughs> All we but are anyway, Pierre, dogs in the wind. Pierre, so uh, as, far as, as far as we go right now, I'm just recapping. Yeah. Pierre doesn't really have a weapon. He's more of a... He uses his fist. He's, he's, the way I've broken it down, at least, and you guys can correct me if mm-hmm. this isn't going to work. Uh, this is why Dingo, we're here. Dingo's going to be a, a knife specialist, uh, bladed weapons. Kind of tying in with the the dingo, the Australian. He's going to have a giant machete, a little bit of crocodile Dundee. Okay, okay. Uh, Angela's a grappler. Right. Tying in with, she's kind of got this low center of gravity, very stout, yeah, very muscular. Yeah. And Pierre is lightning paws. He's he's the hand. Yeah, because because I'd say like if Angela's power was to smell things, Pierre's power was to move lightning fast. Like he's yep. like a really quick guy. So that that's why kung fu really works well with him yep. right yeah with dingo though i liked i liked an early drawing that cap did where he had like a holster on the side are, they, mm-hmm. are we gonna give them like weapon weapons like i mean like what you what you might have not noticed about that gun that he's firing is that crystals. there's there's crystals jammed into it oh so okay at some we'll point they figure out a way to, to use the crystals yeah to weaponize crystals so we can have classic 80s like that's laser awesome. on laser battles yeah yeah that's because that, that's like that's everything i want in a cartoon <laughs> so it's like there's more laser more purple lasers it's like you can you can have enough crystals you say oh we totally forgot to mention the crystals here's what happened doug wrote the initial outline for the comic script which went a little something like this dingo pierre and angela emerge from a cave with a sample of rare crystals that will be used to restore power to the farfetch just as they're about to make their way back to the car angela smells that the diamond dogs are near and waiting to ambush them we didn't talk much about it but as we fleshed out the script we built on this idea that crystals would be a commodity and energy source in the wasteland And at some point between this episode and the last, we just took that to be the status quo. But we didn't end up mentioning it on a podcast. And it's kind of important. Further down the line, we add a lot more to this concept. And now, back to Lightning Dogs. I felt that we needed to bring back some of the bladed weapons at least a little bit. Because when we were initially pitching Lightning Dogs was the whole idea that instead of Thundercast, which had a lot of the sword and sorcery meeting Mm -hmm. a future tech... We were going to do future tech meeting sword and sorcery. Yeah, yeah. So and it would make sense that you know you you land in a post apocalyptic war zone. You know you can you can get bladed weapons fairly mm-hmm. easily. So it all makes sense. 
At least I feel like that. So. Yeah. But uh, other than those three, those are the only ones that are set in stone. Yeah. Do we even have other dogs to go with? Like a couple archetypes that we'd like to have. We know that there's going to be a Wamariner. I'm still not even know what that means. <laughs> it's just it's like um, shiny gray, short furred kind oh, of. Oh, the dog, the yeah. dog breed. Okay, I thought I thought that. I th- okay, I keep confusing with the Wily Kit, Wily Cat, Wamariner. I'm like, is this more characters from Thundercats? We got to leave that shit behind. Wait, wait. <laughs> okay, so for the for the Wily Kit and Cat, we need a Corgi and a Valhund, which is a kind of Corgi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's here's an idea I had. I don't know if I've shared this with anybody yet. The idea is like we've we've toyed around with this like the, the idea of the terror terriers as mm-hmm. a or um or these corgi situation as, as like this whole wild calamity corgis. Yeah, we don't know what to do with mm-hmm. them because kid characters are kind annoying. of annoying. And we decided to come up with this this kind of angsty teen character instead to seem more interesting. Yeah, we haven't we haven't defined that character yet. An, an idea I had to reveal the wily kit wily cat thing eventually would be to uh, have a, a diamond dog because the diamond dogs are actually dogs from the, you know, canine homeworld. Right. Encased in a chrysalis of, uh, of crystal and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's a four-armed diamond dog that's actually two dogs. If it ever broke in ha- it can break in half, and it's actually two small dogs. Mm-hmm. So, oh. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like, like, like a Goro kind Goro of. Goro meets Master Blaster? Yeah, wait, wait, but <laughs> with two kids inside of it. <laughs> I, I am entirely down with that. How do we feel about that? That's, that's pretty I good. Think that would be a phenomenal action figure. And there we like, go. It, it would that's be a, it would be cool if like they're fighting the one that, like the it. one that looks taller, like just slightly taller than the other diamond dogs. And they're like, you take the big guy. And then like they start fighting the big guy. And it's like, oh, man, he's tough. But I think I finally got him beat. And just when you think it's like, oh, man, he's finally got him. Two more arms just <laughs> pop out of the sides. You're like, what? And then they start going nuts. Way better than General Grievous. <laughs> i just remembered something that we should probably bring up uh, as soon as we can on here first of all there's been a tremendous fan response to lightning dogs and we love you guys oh my we god are yeah. thrilled in this fan response there's been so many suggestions it started off as a trickle and then it ended in a tidal wave and there's been like <laughs> huge posts and everything and here's what's happened because when lightning dogs started like developing and we started getting kind of serious about it and started doing this comic book we realized that we can't actually take any kind of solicitations from the outside. I don't want to like, I don't want to say, hey, fans, don't, don't, don't send us suggestions or anything. Right, but right. the fact is, I haven't actually, like, I started, I started, I started reading them and then I actively said, I cannot read this. Otherwise, it was, it's going to like throw right, off what, right. we're, what we're doing here. And, and because, you know, we might actually, we like lightning dogs so much, we might actually do something with it. Right, we don't right. want there to be any, like, being like kind of rights, rights confusions mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. I, well, even think, just developmentally. You know, well, no, no, no. I, th- I think what I think what we could do is like we'll we'll have to go do our thing with lightning dogs, get the world built, get the characters built, and then if we decide to do something with it and something comes of it, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Right. But obviously. then, but then afterwards, do like what they do with Warhammer 40k, just sort of crack the universe open. Like once it's established, then then let the fans like have it be very interactive with the fan community. Like not that they not everything they say is suddenly canon, but the idea that you too can expand the world of lightning dogs if you really wanted to, and right? If you, if you really worked on it, we'll but, throw not, the but, fans not, a bone. but not, but not like not now <laughs> because just throw the hands of bones. What you said, <laughs> but not <laughs> throw a bone. Not this early in the process because we still don't know right. a lot of things. Or something we mentioned early on is like, wouldn't it be great to do a role playing show with lightning dogs? Right, right. But I, now I've got to the point where that makes me really nervous. Like we don't even know the characters well enough, so all of a sudden we'd be pairing off and actually letting members yeah, of and our, we're not going to have everybody it's like in order to find out who's going to play uh pierre we'll have to have a fist fight or an arm wrestle competition in here and like <laughs> yeah and then all of a sudden that character will be defined by a single person right, rather right. than a committee like we've been doing things so it'd right. be really weird it makes i'm like i'm like, I'm like that's I'm, down the road we gotta right. we gotta get the world straight first we can't have a role-playing game before Ex- the world is finished being it, built exactly exactly and i guess that what i was getting at i suppose was um Maybe we'd come up with something where it would be openly expandable. Like yeah. if we if we create character sheets for for lightning dogs, then all of a sudden people can do what they want. Yeah, with they can dogs. build their own and go on their own adventures. Exactly, yeah. and produce a podcast. And tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> why not? If you're that big of a fan, why stop? No, I'm just saying. You know, let's talk about the characters that were kind of on the table. The, yeah, the archetypes. Yeah, well, we got because again, just to recap, we got we got Dingo, we got Pierre, we got Angela. They're, they're pretty close to how I think they're going to be, and they're it, all kind of military. They're military brawler archetypes. Ish, so far. yeah, like they're definitely they're they're the experts. Yeah, and the the other characters that are the auxiliary characters, Beast Hound, we, Beast Hound, yeah, we yeah, have Beast Hound pretty much figured mm-hmm. out. That's he's, true. Yeah, he's Bronx from Gargoyles. Hey, he's got a very he's got a very deep story. We just haven't explored it all yet. I can't yeah. wait. Well, to, he might. But oh man, it's gonna it's gonna. <laughs> 
Tug at your heartstrings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Wolfman Jack AI. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that, I think we'll need a little bit more. A little bit more for l- that. A little bit more on that. But we got to figure out. We want. There's got to be a scientist. Right. You know. The master expert. The master. Well, the, the scientist and master expert could be two separate people. The scientist master expert could be two, two separate people. And one of them could be the teenager. Or maybe the teenager I think we'd nailed down was going to be the, the tech expert, the hacker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the story we worked Roller out. Rollerblades. Well, I, I love. <laughs> yes. I like, yes. I like uh, uh, Hex's I, comparison from earlier that it was like the, the John Connor surrogate, the wayward sort of teen who's really good with the tech stuff and is somehow good with the human tech and is able to like figure that stuff out. Whereas no, yeah, everyone a else better has, like, actor than what's his name. <laughs> kind of like and, how he's a savant. Like he just naturally is able to somehow connect with yeah. the human tech. Like he just so it's gets like it. these kids that just get technology and these old people that go, how did you, how did you make it do yeah, that? I mean, he hacked some kind of a military system. He got sent into like some sort of juvenile Juvie, detention Juvie and, kennel or and whatever. he's paying his time by going on this mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say he, but actually we haven't even determined what gender this character is. We need is. more girls in it. We have one so far. <laughs> Two, and, I thought. No, no, we got Angela and that's pretty much yeah, it. I, I have, I ha- I created a female character, which we'll get into, but I haven't, we haven't actually formally discussed yeah, we, we whether or not out. she yeah, exists yeah, yeah. even. Okay the tech expert the sort of a scientist or anthropologist or archaeologist the master sort, expert maybe basically, or basically master expert if we if we if we have a too big a team then it's sort of a problem but i'd say yeah. five or six is where we should stop initially and then of yeah. course yeah there's the obligatory expansions that happen in later seasons one when, you could lose one replace one yeah whatever, have whatever. the b team that exists in base a air quotes you know follow-up seasons whatever right, right. whatever that means Right. Well, it would be a good chance to figure out what characters work well with each other and what yeah. relationships to explore. Yeah. yeah. So during this process where we were coming up with characters, we were building out this Bible, right? We've got all this, this like text. We took all, we listened to the shows again. We wrote down all the notes. We got it all straightened out. And in doing that, I came up with two other characters and I wrote okay. them down at risk of forgetting about mm-hmm. them. The first one is a female character that I, we just mentioned. The Whamriner? The, the Whamriner, yeah. I, want, I thought a Whamriner would be a very interesting look for a Lightning Dog character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted another female character. Right. So I started drawing this female Whamriner, then sort of worked in a backstory retroactively. The idea would be that, and this is all tentative because we, we have been doing this by committee, so I'm right, not going right, to just right, like right. throw this down. This is what you like, got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a engineer slash grease monkey. She basically works in tandem with Pierre on mm-hmm. a lot of things. Like he's, he's kind of the, the hot rod junkie when it comes to building all these old cars up and everything, but she's the one who sort of actually knows how they work or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Her power is called blind shot, which is that she has an augmented awareness of spatial relations surrounding her proximity. So she sort of has a super hearing, a, not, not super hearing. It's like she says as a, a spatial, like it's like, imagine like, a psychic echolocation. It's not okay. sonic based, but it's like it's awareness based. She can pick up if people are nearby. Yeah. And what I more, defined more like, it by more is like the sixth sense that dogs have, you'd say it was like the, the, the angle. I guess so. Uh, by its name, basically, she can shoot enemies behind her back without looking. Right. Whether or not her aim's good, that's or like you know, overcover sub- subjective. But yeah, like she's she's unbeatable at fetch ball. Like she's <laughs> right. 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 I remember that. Yeah. 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 And then uh, another note I had was that she was uh, charged with keeping the teen in line. Uh, she doesn't know systems, though. She knows hardware. So she's able to sort of put this this kid to work. So that's that character. And in, in many ways, she does seem like rather auxiliary by comparison to the other. Like, right. The other right. Roles. Well, that's why we get that's why we got to get out to start expanding. it. Yeah. And you had you have another one. I do have another one. This other one is uh, this is the master's expert. I f- was on Wikipedia looking for dog breeds and mm. I came across one called Cane Corso. It's an Italian dog that looks really cool. And I'd never heard of it before. And I thought, that's just, that's a good name for somebody. That does sound cool. I, say, I can't picture what, I don't know what the dog looks like, though. Like, do you... I am Kane Corso. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can bring up a, a picture here. Well, because, I mean, it's, really, a, it's we, a pretty gnarly dog. It kind of looks a little pit bullish. Well, like, the, we got to be careful, though, because, I mean, Dingo is the, is the breed of the dog, and his name is Dingo. And everyone else has yeah, got a name. Honestly, Kane Corso is such an awesome name. Kane Corso is a great name, but like, is it going to get confusing or weird if we start calling character names the breed names? Like too much? Depends on how we spell it. We'll add a Y. I, I, I did change I did change the spelling. Okay. It, it's it's okay. Kane Corso with a C. I changed it to a K. Oh, right, okay. pretty good. <laughs> I think they're ready to write the game in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> King Corso is an Italian breed of dog from years valued highly in Italy as a companion, guardian, and hunter. So that's interesting. Just that guardian and hunter bit. So I was thinking, okay, so I've got this name. It's it's an Italian name. So what if we have that he's the Italian equivalent of, you know, the dog race, just like Pierre's, you know, French. Right. 
to a point or, or, or Creole or something. <laughs> right, right. He's this master's expert. So I started thinking about well, what, what kind of dialogue can I create with these these factors? Mm-hmm. As a master's expert, I basically said, okay, well, he's he's Catholic or he was raised Catholic. The de, the de facto Catholic being like some really heavy handed religion in the dog world. Of like, the master. Of, of the, masters. Be the masters. Yeah. I got you. Okay. I was being like, what, did, did, did a human leave rosary beads behind <laughs> on the planet? But no, no. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. In order to say it more concisely, let me just read what I wrote here. Mm. He is an easily irritated Italian type. Think a mashup of Jean Renault and Boris from Goldeneye. Of course, hmm. neither of those characters are Italian or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The archetype. Yeah. He's thick bodied, a bit uppity. He wears glasses. He can be charming, but it's in a sleazy European way. This guy puts his research before everything and easily puts others and sane judgment at risk for the furtherment of knowledge. He's potentially a turncoat, but he's not all doom and gloom. Like Boris, he's funny. His family were devout worshippers of the masters. Though he has no delusions that they were mortals, he holds on to complicated stigmas and guilt from his upbringing. He wants to laugh in the face of his world's gods, but deep inside he still longs for their acknowledgement of him and their love. However, despite Kane's many flaws, he's not a bad guy. There's just a substantial cultural difference between him and the military types. He respects those who don't take things too seriously unless there's something that Kane takes seriously. He isn't a trained sniper or anything, but he's comfortable with a rifle. Possible ability, geomancy, because that's good for digging, and he's an archaeologist. So, like, he can sense mm. things underground? Or he can actually move the ground, to a, oh, to a small extent. Okay. He's an Why is he with these guys? Why is he with them? Because he's the master's expert. Like, they're going, you're going to the master homeworld. Right. You got to have a guy that speaks the language. So the military offer him protection and he's on okay, his so personal this is quest. The, what, this is what's his name from Stargate. Daniel Jackson. Yeah, basically. Except uh, not as nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Except a, like a real dirt bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he moves dirt. <laughs> so obviously that's, that's actually pretty dark. It's pretty heavy handed. That would be sort of the, the subtext to this kid's show that we're developing. Mm-hmm. Like that wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't really go down the, those roads exactly. Just be kind of in the background of the character. I, li- I like uh, Dr. Kane Corso has a nice ring to it. Yeah. When we were at Heroes Con, Cap kind of pitched me these characters, and Kane is one that I immediately latched onto. I really like what we can do with this character. Mm-hmm. And would it be of- doctor or would it be professor? No, oh, is professor or doctor some? Like, what's. Uh- I'm a professor of archaeology. Well, well I mean, professor would suggest that he wasn't a practicing. Well, then again, it, I guess doctor isn't necessarily. Do- doctor that. is, I mean, you earn a doctorate, you don't earn a professorship exactly. It's true. I don't know. I think doctor sounds more intense. But like, how did, but like, I'm just saying like literally the word, how does the word sound? Dr. Kane Corso, Professor Kane Corso. Like Dr. Kane Corso definitely makes it sound a little more menacing in my opinion. That sounds like a closer to like a, a, like an evil ladies villain. I said, or Dr. Lizardo from, um, Oh yes. Dr. Dr. Emilio Lizardo, an Italian doctor. There we go. (laughs) That's what was going on in the back of my mind. (laughs) Um, either way, well, I mean, like either way, the the character seems like it's got places to go. I just worry yeah. I, again. That's like the, my 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 concern is simply not getting too bummer if he's just like right. Oh, you know, no, the no, masters, no. That, you know, like that, that's that's not. That's, that's why he said the the, yeah, the humor. He's got he, the sense of humor. Or whatever. Yeah, he, he's he just he's a shit. Like he's kind of a lovable shit. Like he, he's obsessed with his work, but the thing is, like, and you can't really dismiss him because you as a viewer are interested in his work. He's mm-hmm. kind of. Fascinating. Would you say he's the most charismatic of the group? Depends on who he's being charismatic to. But yeah, probably. I mean, like from the audience standpoint, he has a kind of mystique, but I mean, I don't think anybody would trust him. That's definitely something he'll struggle with. There's going to be multiple instances where Glampire might make some deals. Would like, so he, would he and Dingo be the ones butting heads the most? Oh, totally. Okay. Because I mean, because basically Dingo's, Dingo's there for the mission, mm-hmm. then protecting his world from from Glampire, like, ever getting a hold of the Farfetch. Kane is on his own personal quest. Right, like, right. Okay. It's okay. the pack versus a lone wolf. Kind of, I'm, see, I'm seeing, like, a, a, I can't remember the character name from The Dig. <clears throat> that guy, the, the, was it the German guy in The Dig? You're I'm not familiar from, with this, no. The, the LucasArts game, The Dig. Oh, that game, I've never played it. Yeah, there's, there's a character, um, when they get to the alien planet, there's a character who's, uh, uh, starts discovering the alien powers or whatever that are, like, buried in all this, you know, ancient city and stuff and he kind of doesn't report in as much and you the main character you're just like hey man you haven't been off on your own a long time it's like i'm busy trying to figure out how this power and stuff works and he just kind of gets too obsessed and he kind of goes nuts or whatever but there was like a lot of interesting stuff that happened there where it's like in the game he became more of a bad guy whereas it seems like in the show it's like that's obviously a point of contention for them you know yeah but he's like you know he's he is for the mission but he is like got a strict moral thing where like Ultimately, if it's between the mission and his personal 
feelings. Like, you know, he's out. He's out for knowledge, but right. also at the same time, uh, Glampire getting a hold of Farfetch is not in his interest. Right. Right. You know, right. Like if if he if he went into a deal with Glampire, he would be planning how to betray Glampire. But he also wouldn't be able to let the lightning dogs know about his deal with Glampire because they'd go crazy on him. So he does consider himself to be smarter than, like, all of them. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he is an egoist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then on the, on the topic of the Womreiner and how we kind of said that she seems a little more ancillary, I don't necessarily see that as a problem. Because what the, the archetype that I picture her as is Kaylee from Firefly. I'm, she is necessary to keep every gear turning. That's one way I was going to say, because if um, if Pierre like is into the cars, but he's not really like the, the team mechanic or right, whatever. He's the wheel man. Yeah. If he's like the wheel man or whatever. I don't know. Like, well, we'll have to figure out the balance. But I think uh, the Narisa Pierre might be like the central love interest is how it feels, because if they're both like interacting more than any than any of the other two, than any other two lightning dogs interacting more and more like there might be a. Uh, unrequited uh funny banter sort of uh potential there i think it could happen i think it might be one of those uh those uh sort of tv show love interests where they're the ones that make sense so they start being played up that yeah, way it's and like then, it's like they make sense but it's it's constantly a will they won't they and not even because and, the characters want it to happen because you're like they would be good together like they would you know like the audience is like i want to see that happen but, but then, then ultimately quite. like at some point the tables turn and she's like with dingo yeah, and then but then it's just like, wait, are you jealous? It's like, no, I got nothing to be jealous about. I mean, just, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I just think there's a lot of lot of cool potential there. If we if we if we if because like if she's the gearhead making all this stuff work, and he's the one who kind of is into the car thing or whatever. There's like so the grease monkey and the gearhead. Yeah, there's like a natural starting point for the two of them or whatever, which I think could be interesting because it would make it to add, first of all to add another aspect to Pierre other than just being the kung fu badass, but also. So that not every single person is either your military or your science. And, you know, there's some you got to bridge the gap a little bit, you know, between mm-hmm. between that. That could be cool. I, I mean, I, I like those two characters. I think we need to address the, the elephant in the room, which is our tech head. Yeah, the, the kid or whatever, kid. the teenager. Yeah. OK. Do we even have a breed? We don't we don't have we a, don't have a breed. We don't have, a breed. Anything, we don't no. have a gender. We just have we have we have some really cool character details. If we can figure out like those two elements, we'll have. I have, I have a question. Yeah. Is rollerblades like underlined? Yes, uh, yeah. I have okay. underlined it. It's I have underlined under three gonna, times. Brian, tell you what, I'm going to put it in red. Thank you. Bold, italicized, underlined, three exclamation points. Now, Hex, this this hacker character was nearest and dearest, I think, to you. Do you have any ideas? Not really. I just thought with all this technology, if we're going to have two hardware experts, it'd be great to have a software expert and hmm. to kind of like make the teenager kind of feel useful in this group dynamic of. A bunch of trained military experts. If we had someone who just had this natural affinity, I just thought putting it kind of into her hands would make them want to incorporate her more and want them feel that she's also necessary for the group instead of just like, oh, we have to protect her. Do you have uh, any strong feelings for any particular breed or anything like something that would fit that? Not really. Beagle. I, I've been racking my brain. I heard I mean, Beagle. Beagles Beagle. are cool. I don't know. Like Beagles mm. don't seem angsty. But they can. You get that floppy ear draped over one eye. I, I, Brian, I see it. I'm, I'm, I Google be- beagle pictures. I'm looking at these beagles here, and they're looking pretty adorable. But I'm also thinking, I bet I can make that beagle look sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I can give it the DreamWorks smile. I like beagles. Like I personally like beagles. I just, uh, I'll have to see. I'll have to see. A, sorry, I've yet to see a sarcastic beagle. Is what I'm saying. It's like, oh, give me time. <laughs> give me time. Just picture the eyes. Close slightly. Backwards baseball cap? Yes. Oh my you? god, yes. Why are you even asking? <laughs> I'm kind of angry at you. <laughs> Fingerless Every, gloves. Okay, so wait. All, the color palette for everyone else has to be, you know, fairly normal or whatever. This one, it's all 90s, super neon, ugly shit. Comic zone. Yes. <laughs> Fingerless gloves. Oh my god. I, I said I like, that. You, you said multiple colors, and you said multiple colored hat. I just thought of the Back to the Future 2 marty jr like cafe 80s hat just throw some circuit board patterns on there and i think we got (laughs) circuit board patterns (laughs) all right oh please now is (laughs) we've used both the masculine and the feminine pronoun with this character is Mm -hmm. there a compelling reason to make it either male or female outside of well we've got to fill the lady quota it would be really funny if they just never ever just never discuss it (laughs) if it's just like a, a, a neutral name charlie well, we discussed at one point calling the, just having them call the kid kid. Yeah. And not really going anywhere with it. I mean, you know, he's like, I have a name. Yeah, whatever, kid. 
for some reason, this character is tough. Having to be the most angsty character, you know, gives it a, a hard image of like what I, I've yet to see an angsty dog. More importantly, a kid character is really easy to fuck up. And especially since yeah. we've had no, these you're right, characters you're right. that have a real, I mean, there's a reason to have the, yeah. everybody else be what they are. This character, if we make it a girl, it could just be filling a quota. If we make it a guy, are we to, yeah, you know, if, where, if, why, if, yeah. why? If we make it a girl, I don't want it to be Ed from Cowboy Bebop. And that's a danger we run into. Yeah. With, with this character being a kid, there's that fine line between being a really shitty kid character, and I don't mean shitty attitude, just like shitty as in the quality, right. or something that's really cool, which is why we've probably been very careful and very like, we, we, none of us have been really digging into it too much because it's so easy to mess up. Yeah, it's so easy to take it one step too far and then it just becomes silly or then it just becomes a throwaway thing. It was definitely something that when I was creating these other characters, I, I, I was like, oh, maybe I should. No, no, I'm not going to do it. Not going to touch it. It's not going to be me who right. does. Well, because it's difficult. It's because, yeah. you know, again, to try and, you know, straddle that line between cool and cheesy. It's uh, it's it's, it's interesting. It's tough. Yeah. We already got a bulldog. We got General Wetwork. That was another one. That was another one that we we that still needs a little bit of work. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's auxiliary characters we came with, like uh, the Fido Farnsworth and yeah. the General, and these characters that we we'll, we maybe see like once in the first season, and then like come back a little bit later once they reactivate the season far fetch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we know some breeds that wouldn't work would be like obviously like something like Beagle works pretty good so far. We know we wouldn't want something like a Chihuahua or a Great Dane. Well, here's a weird suggestion. How about how about a dog that's just going to be difficult to feminize a schnauzer mm. or just like what about just a mutt like maybe that's why it's kind of angsty is because it doesn't really it's just a mutt it's just like a, you don't even really know what it is it's a Heinz 57 I think yeah yeah <laughs> if it's because if it's just like a mix of things like we could just pick a medium sized dog and mix it with something it, it can be a little bit more versatile if we just say he's a mutt like he doesn't right. belong anywhere he's like an outcast not that there's I really like, like that idea. Yeah, and not that not to insinuate that there's racism on the dog planet, but just that it makes sense. And, and congratulations, Doug, you discovered the obvious thing that our brains were just tiptoeing around the whole time. This is <laughs> this was the obvious choice. You know, you're welcome. I was just trying to think of like, why is he conflicted? Maybe he's a mix between. Not to say that people who you know people I, you know mix. Of what you trying to say about mixed races? I'm Doug. not saying anything. I like the Cheerios commercial. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, I I thought it was endearing. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> but if it, if, if it was, if the dog was a mutt, we don't have to. Uh, add, you we cannot, y'all, you can't use that word. I can't say mutt? No. If we're implying that the dog is interracial. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. We're not, we're not implying that it's interracial. We're not, we're not even implying that there's racism on the dog planet. Just that if the dog is a mutt, no one even has to address that. They're like, you're just a mutt. Because that would be. You know, like, you know, uh, uh, mud blood, like, you know, I don't, you know, that, that'd be too negative or whatever. But if it's just a mutt and they never, you know, even people in the audience go, what kind of dog is that? Eh, it's probably just a mutt. Like the audience doing that would be enough to be, make the character make sense. None of the other characters have to address it, I don't think. You know, what's better than a lovable mutt? I saw I saw some pictures on the tumblers, a corgi mixed with a Doberman, and it had like a small corgi face, but massive ears. And it was adorable. Of course, we're going for mutt. It's not necessarily the most adorable thing, but I, I think we can. I think we can work with this. I think that's a good. That's a good tactic. So we'll, well have. You, you could test it too. You know, yeah. you could figure out what look looks best without being restricted. You can just draw of, random dog parts yeah, and then figure exactly. out what we'll just mash it together. Well, because no, Dingo, well, Dingo has to look like a Dingo. The scientist, the good new guy, Kane Corso. Kane Corso has to look like Kane Corso. Uh, Narisa looks like Narisa. Pierre looks like Pierre. Like it all. It all kind of makes sense. But for this character, if it's just a mutt. It can be male or female, still be a mutt, still look however we want it to look. It doesn't have to be like, oh, if we pick a dog breed that looks masculine, but it's a girl, is that saying something? Well, no, what if it's just a fucking mutt? And then we can make it whatever we want. Cool. I think there's a lot of subtlety to that. And uh, so if we if we all feel good about that, we can just like put a stamp cannon. on this and we can just say this is she's the, a mutt. Yeah, and, and we, <laughs> do, do, do we want to call the character kid? We'll call it, We can call mm-hmm. her kid for now unless we and then we can reveal her name like Uhura later. Just kid. <laughs> and then K.Y.D.D. Uh, KYDD. Oh man, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, no wait. Now, if you say it's KYDD, and it's just like, what if she invents like a little monitor that sits above her eyes, and now she's Kid Vid? And I'm like, oh Christ, we're going more nineties garbage. <laughs> like, you know what's bad? I missed that. I didn't realize that's how I was spelling that. Yeah, with the backwards baseball cap with the visor on. No, we ain't doing that. <laughs> no, you know what? Why not? We've already done the backwards baseball cap. We've already done the rollerblades. Not, we're doing no, 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 we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Hi, cops. Rollerblades to come out of the high tops? Yes. All right. <laughs> I want that. Slap bracelets. Everything. The slap bracelets. <laughs> yes. That no, that's, oh, that's sla- no, it's a slap neck. collar. It's a slap collar. You slap it around your neck. 
That's the weapon. She takes it off and she starts wheeling it like a fucking whip. Brian, did you suggest that that was uh, some kind of a, a tech thing? Is that what you said? Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know, but I, I like the idea of slap tech. So like, what? oh dude, what if we just accidentally invented the newest coolest thing where it's a slap bracelet except it's also a USB drive? <laughs> it's like a jump drive. It's a jump drive. You slap it on your wrist, hey, whatever. But then when you straighten it out, you can just stick it in your computer and it's USB uh, jump drive. I need this in my life. <laughs> Of course, she could always just take the slap bracelets to tie something together when it's really looks like an emergency. It's like, it can we can't keep all. track of all these cables. Hold on, I got this. And just, <laughs> and just, and then. I'm sorry. We can't keep track of all these cables. The worst problem oh. that Lightning Dogs has to face. <laughs> well, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, it's like they're under attack from, like, Glampire, and the thing's is, the thing is falling apart, but they need to get Wolfman online to open up the gate so they can roll she's, the pack out. She's got a fanny pack <laughs> full yeah. of, like, USB cords and interface oh. things, but definitely a fanny pack. We have just, we uh. have instilled the 90s into a single character. <laughs> she carry a wallet with a chain on it, like wallet chain. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so that, that means we have a cast of six. And I mm -hmm. think that's a good number. That's pretty strong, yeah. I think. I think if any more pushes it a little too much. Yeah. We have our plot, you know, lightning dogs. They come to, this er the, to, to Earth looking for answers. They find danger mm -hmm. and have to destroy their way home in order to protect their home. Mm-hmm. Which in doing so, they are in the, the explosion. Queef. They're given the powers of uh, powers. Yeah. What are the kids' powers? Technomancy speaks the, to machines. But like, but you got to sort of explain me more on that as to how, like, how exactly, like, literally, like, just t the kid goes over, puts puts her paw on something, and suddenly knows how exactly how it works, or like, because instead cause, of instead of inputting commands, she can ask it what to do. So it's it's literally talking to but machines. If she, but if she's already good with machines, how's that any different? You know, like I, if, if her superpower is just a, a subtle a, a subtle exaggeration of her already superior computer knowledge, it enables her to have a more human connection. And of course, I use that term loosely: um, a human connection with machines. It's she, almost like she's imbuing them with sentience. Like, well, more like you know, like well, more of an awareness, sort of an immediacy. It's it's more of a it'll end up being more of a plot device than anything. It'll be like instead of having to like putz around figuring out what's going on, she'll just know. That's one thing I was just thinking like because if because so far every other person's power is like an extension of of what a dog can do. I see very few dogs on computers. Yeah, I mean if you go you Google it, you can find a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> but just Google dog on computer, and you'll 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 find a bunch. If Ding, like Dingo barks really loud, Cane Corso. Can like sort of be an earthbender, which is kind of cool because they're digging, dig you know, like, with like yeah, like that. Like to me, that makes sense. Norisa's kind of got like that sixth sense sort of thing where she, you know, like she can sense when someone's near. Angela can smell really well. Pierre's really fast. I don't want to just make the kid hear things really well, but um, there might be and something wagging you know, the tail really fast and causing tor typhoons. tail tornado, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like I, 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 it doesn't. You know, she she doesn't have to have something that fits in with the rest of the group. But no, I, I, think, like, I, I think like we build her up as being so. She's already like a genius with master technology. Let's give her the tail tornado. No, 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 no that, just, that won't be helpful though. That's so? that's the fun of it. The, a useless power. That's a the useless fun of it. power. That is totally useful. <laughs> not, but not for, like I don't know because like you don't want to give her a power that would be like for a military person for like Dingo Dingo would you know Dingo could use a tail tornado out to fight something whereas if the kid is the kid is not really always fate like and the kid will sometimes have 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 a fight but the kid's not always in direct danger of of a, of a fight but when she is is she going to be able to do something or maybe she doesn't know she has a power because it's more subtle or something. Until, like, it, if she's threatened? What, what, yeah, what if it gets defensive? Like, all of a sudden, like, you know, like, she's working on the computer or something. I need more time, I need more time. Then, like, you know, then she doesn't have more time. She kind of hulks like, out or something? Like, the there's, all, there's, there's, like, you know, all of a sudden there's crystals and lasers and, like, but then she's not hit because what happens? Well, a big wall of wires just exploded from the, like, the substructure. I don't know, like Akira or something. Like, bizarre. Hmm. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think there's something there's something to have in it be like she's not aware of what she has. And they think that maybe she was just lucky that she wasn't affected or whatever. But like her her thread of the story can be because her thread of the story is her trying to find her place anyway. Yeah. So finding her power might also be, you know, like the audience might have a hint of that something's going on. But if she's not totally aware, her trying to find her place and her power all at the same time might be. Which could connect to the thing we suggested before, which is that at some point she like builds a robot or f- discovers yeah, an ancient AI yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I feel there's something there. Something feels very valid there. I'm, I'm going to keep the, the title of Tail Tornado to work in somewhere. No. No, <laughs> it's happening, Hex. You can't stop this. Well, it could be a vehicle feature. Or it could, yeah, or it could even be one of the diamond dogs. Which things. is which is another thing we got to address, which is the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess mostly we just need to draw them. But you know they've all got these unique vehicles. The uh, the pack was what we discussed having like a, a big sort of tank thing that mm-hmm. the other things went into, like a carrier. I feel like that could use a little bit more definition. It seems the the way, the way I pictured it that I remember, the way I remember talking about it was that there's like a main tank, which is like a sort of roving uh, unit that the three non-combatant dogs can ride in like kid dr king corso and narisa can ride around in the tank whereas the other lightning dogs they can either have their own separate individual ones that sort of like ride along right alongside it or whatever and of course you can always have a modification where you know you could you know a thing on top for them to fire laser like a laser cannon and stuff so like angela can jump from pierre's car on top of the tank and start opening fire and have all that you know cool fun stuff and everything so the only thing i was sort of against was the idea of them physically joining together and turning into something else because then it's like now we got fucking stargate lightning dogs prometheus voltron Voltron. you know it's like it's so many things stacked on top it's sort of like where are you where are you going with this but if but i do (laughs) but i do like the idea of them having like their vehicles and they're hot rodding it and they got neo old-fashioned Hot rods with, you know, the rock and roll and Wolfman AI right. and everything over the radio waves and stuff. And they can ride alongside this cool tank, sort of the turtle I, bus of I, the, uh, you know. The, the tank, like thinking of it as a tank. It may, may of, not be the best. It's, yeah. it's sort of difficult for me in my mind. I'm like, OK, yeah. they, they shouldn't have something that powerful, like right away anyway. That's, right, right. Thinking of it as say, the turtle party wagon, like an armored van kind of thing. That makes it that I'm like, OK, well. That the, I, the party wagon, I understand. We can, yeah, we can yeah. work with That's that. That's more how I feel. Like, okay. It's like, because it could be, the party wagon is like, you know, every spy movie ever. You got the guy out outside the party yeah. with the earpiece in being like, all right, you got to, he's up, you got to go left and you got to go there. And I'm going to hack into the security door and have it open for you or whatever. And they're all doing that in the van outside. Uh, as far as villains go, mm-hmm. um, we got Glampire. Yeah. We have Halloween Jack. A little bit more. We'll have to discuss more about Halloween Jack because last I remember he was human, then he's not human. I can't remember. He was never human because all humans are basically done. Yeah. But he was like humanoid. But now he's not humanoid. Uh, no, my, my the way I was always thinking about him was that he's basically like he's he, like green or he, whatever. He is what he sounds like. He's like a a ghoul. Right. From like fallout. OK. Like, he's like a ghoul. I gotcha. He looks like a nightmare. Right. Like a person, but not a person. Right. OK. OK. He has a gang. Let's say of other ghoul things. Right. And he's a biker type mm-hmm. sort of. Okay. And we, we, you know, pull in a little bit from the David Bowie song. If we want to actually have noticeable buildings and he lives on top of Manhattan Chase. But we, I guess we, you know, we decide whether that happens or not. It doesn't not really, really important. He's the de facto flunky of Glampire at the beginning. You know, he, he's the bebop and rock steady or. Right. Like he's like the low level guy that they send out first to check it out. But he comes back and is just sort of like. Comedic running gag to him. Yeah, I think he takes himself very seriously, but no one else. I mean, he's not an idiot, but you know. it's just like Ultros, where Ultros is octopus royalty, but he's still a running gag. Like he could be the most frequently encountered, I suppose, because if he's like, yeah. if does, is he head of a gang? Yeah. Okay, then there you go. Yeah, if he's head of a gang, then and, and like, he's not bad at what he was doing. But he's definitely bad at dealing with the lightning dogs. Yeah, well, just come on, man. Ooh. Fucking alien dogs from another planet. Like, <laughs> how do you deal with that? That's, that, that could be fun. That could be fun because he could be our first contact. After, after the lightning dogs arrive back on Earth, the first living creature, or un, 
a living creature they run into is Halloween Jack and his gang. Yeah, the first like real remnant of the old world or whatever. He would then run back. So if we're, if we're picture if we're picturing their arrival as your standard three episode, you know, like first right. intro to a series, mm-hmm. he's episode one mm-hmm. or end of episode one, beginning of episode two, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Lands back. He runs back. We're introduced to Glampire and the Diamond Dogs. You know, Glampire as well. I guess we have to send out the Diamond Dogs. Fade, it, yeah, it fade yeah. in from shadow. We get to see the glinting forms, and then the conflict, and then the far fetched is destroyed. I feel like Halloween Jack is just like head general of the masses that all belong to Glampire. Like, and the only reason he's the head is because he's got just a little bit more intelligence than the rest of them. It's kind of like like a like a general sort of position. You yeah, know? like these mutants are people. He's like king of New York or whatever. The yeah. Duke. He's like Duke of New York from, uh, from escape from New York. He's like the Duke. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's like living in garbage and shit. And, uh, it, these, these things are people. They're just not nice people. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, and, and the way I see it is that the, the other roster of villains, I mean, think about it being as fleshed out as anything from like, you know, masters of the universe or whatever, like Glampire and the world of the wasteland is just teeming with you know, mutant abortions of various <laughs> kinds, like <laughs> mash technology and freakish animal parts together as many ways as you can. Just, you know, have fun with it. It's all about making the coolest looking action figure. It's not. Right, right, it's, right. And that, then, and then that, figuring it out. That, that brings me to Captain Scrap, which is what I, I was, <laughs> like. I loved I loved Captain Scrap. And I'll have you explain because I was like, sure. Um, we were writing the comic and we were coming up with uh, villains to be a sort of a second tier menace. Uh, basically, it's like a turtle. <clears throat> He's like a like a fucked up mutant turtle, but not not the the teenage kind. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. This is like a, a salty, scarred up loggerhead pirate with oh. <laughs> with a sword arm. <laughs> and I think just as a nod, his shell has to be made out of manhole covers. Uh, um, not necessarily. He could. I, I, I would say I want to draw his <laughs> shell with manhole covers. He could have. I, I wouldn't be against him having a manhole cover shield or having a manhole cover on his on top of his shell as like a protection thing like if his shell is like all scarred and fucked up from like all Honestly, the battles when i drew him i didn't even consider a shell he's wearing a big ass trench coat so i don't know what's going on under there it didn't really come up for me i didn't really consider it at all it could yeah. be a soft shell turtle yeah which is Trugs. which is grosser and you know this is i mean it would fit with the well, whole like well, he's well, captain well, scrap living <laughs> in the scrapyard you know the other one that we had was space boy which was just, it, you know, just another David Bowie reference. <laughs> An opportunity to play with the sort of, like, Johnny Quest, space horror, unfathomable, unknowable yeah. kind of stuff. Really, the, the only, like, design I thought would be most appropriate is, like, a very featureless spacesuit with a big frontal partial dome thing and inside of it instead of just being like reflection look close enough and it just you just see the infinite universe staring to it too long you go mad you know like shit like that i think i have to draw a smiley face on the front of it i think uh, i just i like that image the, the thing what? that i liked about uh space boy was that if that's a villain that they encounter later that can be like a reminder that there is a whole universe of this. It's not just like <laughs> it's not just you know, Earth. The yeah, entire it's not, it's universe not just Earth. It's been... like yeah, it's like you know, Lightning Dogs is like, oh, we finally got a, we finally know how to handle, you know, the Glampire. We finally really got a handle on him. Like it's gonna be back and forth, but we think we can finally handle it. Then you throw Wait, Space nope, Boy wrong. in there, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like there's like there's always an and there's always like a new challenge up ahead and it always expands the world a little bit further. It's an opportunity to have like a creepy episode where they're trapped inside their own base and the power's off and there's this weird thing Ooh. hovering through the tunnels. Yeah, yeah. But this is all shit that we like came up with in the between time. So like, yeah, what, okay, what, what else do we want to so, talk about? Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's let some new blood right now. Okay. We got a pretty good cast locked down for like the main heroes. For villains, I mean, we already got, so if we got Halloween Jack, he's got like a gang. If he's like the first thing they encounter, he's like tier one right. sort of thing. Going up the he's ladder. He's a flunky. Yeah, he's like a flunky. They're like the putties, basically. Is that, is it, you know? Yeah. Okay, okay. Working your way up the ladder, you got Captain Scrap, uh, you got the uh, Diamond Dogs, you got Glampire, then you got Space Boy, who's kind of on his own. He's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, maybe is involved, maybe not. Oh, I remember we were talking about uh, a villain, like a, a plant-based. Right, right. And our plant-based character thing, we, yeah. we, we were talking about, well, we actually, we were talking what, about not a, not yeah, a yeah, villain, but, but a hero. So, like, but maybe, is, is he... An is anti-hero? He, an anti-hero. Anti-hero. In the, anti-hero in the sense that maybe he's doing his own thing and it will sometimes work with the lightning dogs yeah. if it benefits him. Kind of like a Casey Jones type character? Well, even Casey Jones became friends with the turtles. Like, they were buddies after a while. I'm right. going to put this, this out there. Silver Hawks. I'm familiar with the Silver Hawks, but I've never watched the Silver Hawks. What are you thinking? I am not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Chrome, space roaming, music playing, 
I'm just gonna put this out there. SWAT cats. <laughs> what about it? I don't know. <laughs> just go with it. Uh, make it happen. But if we so if we get a plant character who's like the champion of returning green to this world. Yeah, he his whole the goal. world is decimated. You know, the the planet is is toast. Let's swap out something there. Not champion. Mm-hmm. He's, this, the, he's the Malcolm X it, of the of the trees. <laughs> what if there were a whole bunch of these guys? That's all that's left. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I picture kind of a kind war-torn of, hero or a final survivor. Like a last vestige whose whose war is over, whose battle is lost, but he fights on knowing that Well, hold on. If we're the sci-fi coming into the sword and fantasy kind of idea, what if instead of him being like a, like a mutant or anything, he's like a, a forest spirit? And there are several different forest spirits or uh, spirits of that particular area. Like there could be a mountain spirit or something. And so if what the lightning dogs are doing is in congruence with helping that part of nature, the spirit would help them. But if they transgress, then the spirit would be totally against them. So when they start marking their territory, all shit yeah, goes yeah, to hell. Yeah, yeah, I to say, if they start pissing on a tree, it'll be like, what are you doing? What if... I mean, like, even, even looking for firewood to start a fire would be enough to make be a transgression. Get the forest spirit to go, no, you didn't, fucker. What if this, this character is Captain Planet in a post-apocalyptic world where he failed. Like, Captain Planet is fucking pissed. Yes. I mean, Major Globe. And, and not with the ridiculous powers of Captain Planet, right. not with the deus ex machina powers of Captain Planet, but, like, an entity that had to be summoned. It's, it's worshippers are gone. It's, and like, like Brian was saying, like, it's war-torn. Like, not, like I said, not a champion. Something that's, like, that's, that's angry, and it'll, it'll fight you. It'll fight the lightning dogs when it first sees them. It'll, like, it has maybe a, a last stand, a place that it's, you know, it's got, and no one's even bothered to take it over because the world is so fucked. Who cares, like, about the little So, grotto. like, the last forest or whatever? Yeah, who cares about the little grotto where this thing, like, you know, hangs out? And, mm-hmm. and then maybe, you know, the lightning dogs and their presence there. He's like, well, maybe the tides turn. Maybe I can make a difference again. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. I do, like the, I do like the idea of a dynamic of, a Captain Planet who has failed. And, yeah. and the Lightning Dogs, even though he's technically not their enemy, they're always just like, dude, don't fucking do that because he'll show up if you do that. So don't do that, you know? <laughs> like almost like in a Beetlejuice sort of way. It's like, don't fucking do that because if he comes here, we're, we're screwed. So let's see if we can trick Glampire into doing it. But of course, Glampire never falls for it. <laughs> Halloween but, Jack, on the other hand, oh, every yeah, no, fucking every time. time. <laughs> every time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the lightning dogs did, went down into that tunnel. Let's smoke them out. Burn some wood, guys. And they start burning wood. All of a sudden, hey, like, use that oh, forest oh, over like, there. Like, like, like Captain, <laughs> Captain Planet meets Dr. Manhattan. What are you doing? It's like, <laughs> oh, no, it's that guy. Oh, damn it. But he, but he, he, he Who knew trees are made of wood? <laughs> but he can't, he can't be too powerful. He still needs right, to be right, kind of right. like. Uh, maybe he, he would be extremely powerful if the world wasn't a complete dump. <laughs> right, but he, he gets his power from the land that isn't ruined, and all that's not ruined is this little forest. And yeah. as he, the forest is weakened, he loses power, and we, which we, is why he's really pissed <laughs> when people ruin the forest. We get to do a really heavy-handed environmental episode. It'd be great. <laughs> I do, I do like the idea of he's got his own little forest. He's got, he's got his own little area. I don't think we need to go so far as to say it's literally the only patch of green left on the whole entire planet. Like, there should be a little tree here and there. Well, yeah, it doesn't have, it's not like, like a square mile or something. Like, this is still a substantial forest, but in the long run, right. it's not. It's his, it's, it's his territory. And it'll be like the nicest thing that anyone sees this entire time yeah. the lightning in, fa- in fact it might be the only place that like like if you could physically go there and not piss him off just going there you'd be like oh this does feel like old earth you know right like because yeah, is- there, there would be clean water and shit yeah and, yeah and possibly even like normal animals that aren't all mutated to fuck yeah yeah like two of them we can't we can't have too many now well, just, I mean, because well, again, well, even if there's more than two of them, it's just like, what are they going to do? They ain't going to leave the fucking woods. You know, it's like, they're not going to be like, oh, it's so wonderful here. Let's go into the desert. <laughs> he's got he's got what appears to be normal animals, except we know they're not normal animals. So he is a liger. So it's, it's like it's a yeah, well, because this is thousands of years that you got Beast Hound. Like Beast Hound, Beast Hound isn't a mutant. It's just after thousands of years of. Uh, yeah. You know. Out in the, in the barrows. Yeah, wouldn't exactly. It be, wouldn't it be kind of funny if all the creatures in the forest were like the cryptozoological animals? Like you've got Nessie living in like the water, <laughs> yeah. Sasquatch walking After around. All those years. A bunch of cryptids. What if the plant hero is a Sasquatch? <laughs> well, 
You know what? Uh, that kind of reminds me of... Um, but then he's not a plant hero. A, then he's just a nature hero. A Japanese monster movie I remember from when I was a kid. It was like a, a moss man. Like it was kind of like the old Sasquatch footage, but it was a creature that was made of like like moss and vegetation. And it was kind of horrifying as a kid. Is that getting a little too close to Swamp Thing, though? Well, it was very close to Swamp Thing, but it had sort of... You were saying the Sasquatch, and I thought of like, well, what about a green Sasquatch? But then also, plant character with human features seems somewhat, one, too close to Swamp Thing, and yeah. three... Maybe just a little uh, untrue to its origins. Plants are very alien. Yeah. Doesn't, I don't, yeah, it doesn't have to look like a, a human. Weird know. fucking orchid face, maybe. That'd be kind of terrifying, actually. You call him orchid face. Just like, like, it's, it's <laughs> like when he's just like, when he just, it just seems like it's like a, it's like a bud that doesn't open, but then when he's ready to attack, it just splits open like the thing. And it's like, <laughs> you're like, oh, Jesus. It's kind <laughs> it's of got its statement on it's, me. It's, it's got its statement on me. It's beautiful, but terrifying at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. With the like long arms and shit. And like the 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 other, the other thing too is that if it like this might be going too far, but if it could like pop up out of the ground, like that's how it shows up, like you, almost like tremors or some shit, where it's just like you see the little Bugs Bunny tunnel coming through, and you're like, oh shit, and then it pops up, and it's just one of these spores. So it could like I don't want to go the whole Groot route, right. but like if that thing never leaves its woods, but it could control, like if like if it senses danger, it's not going to leave the protection of the woods to go right. out and take care of it. But it'll just send that send that shit out to do its work for it, and like then you got Venus flytraps and shit. I don't want to say minions of it, but extended extensions. extensions of him reach out and start you know taking shit down. So its like, roots if, run the whole world over. Yeah, so it's like if Halloween Jack starts burning shit to like get the lightning dogs out of the tunnel. All of a sudden, outside these these roots and stuff climb up and grab some of them, keep them still, and then a giant Venus flytrap pops out of the ground and swallows a couple. And then after it does its stuff, it'll go away or, you know, the Halloween Jack will burn it or something and it'll fall, fall down or whatever. And the lightning dogs are like, what the heck? What? What is this? Like, this planet is mad. And like, what is going on? If they slowly, that could be something they can discover, like what's causing all this craziness. And then when they finally get in there, they get into the discover the woods. And that, that's another way to open up the universe of this of this planet, like open up the the different locations. Yeah, I mean, I figure we gotta have like th- we got a Thunderdome. You yeah, know, and there yeah. we got some. Like- you got, you got, that's what Halloween Halloween Jack is like the Mad Max Thunderdome biker gang decrepit city sort of thing with this plant guy. You've got the nature aspect, but like grown out of control <laughs> over thousands of years, but also peaceful, but also kind of scary in its own way. With Glampire, you've got like civilization, but. In twisted. the ruins of the old world, you know, but not in, not in the same way as Halloween Jack, and, and which he, like all gross and he stuff. He has his own Goblin Kingdom, all sort of yeah, carved out. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. But but his Glampire Kingdom, right? But his go- his goals are are very lofty. Yes, to the, to yeah, to the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, An idea I always like that I, I haven't really found a good place to throw in, but this seems like a perfect place to do it. Is the whole idea of like a robot city? All of the robots of the fallen empires and whatever that are remaining have all congregated in this little patch of land that they're just trying to terraform into their own robot kingdom. Six blocks down from the last forest. <laughs> you know, we'll just well, have no, like I mean, the last vestiges of all it's, these it's societies. Like something that it could be like, uh, at some point, that becomes the new terror. That is the thing that is even making Glampire tremble. Well, cause Gl- maybe because Glampire just can't sense robots. That's what happens to Russia. <laughs> well, I was gonna, no, it's a, good, it's a good thing you said it because I was going to say, let's not forget we're on the planet Earth and we're not just in America. In you know? circuitry, Russia. Like it could I mean, be machine honestly, control. Honestly, America is even in the post-apocalypse the most important part. Obviously, it's, like, it's <laughs> clearly even, even when all humans are dead, it's the best damn country on the planet. <laughs> you don't like it, you get out. <laughs> New York City is the best goddamn city out there. <laughs> you know, I I hate that we ha- you know because we have Halloween Jack, we really do need to have it like in the ruins of New York City. But at the same time, but, but, I'm tired. Not, of not New necessarily. York yeah, not necessarily. It could so, just be a major city. If the apocalypse that took out the humans doesn't happen for another 100 years for us, who's to say that New York is that center? You no, know, but even metropolis or whatever. New York does have a very fundamentally important role because it is, at least in the context of America, where travelers arrive. But, but, Ellis but Island dis- is the window to the right, rest of this world, so we right. can kind of use that. But but if but if if the world's destroyed, who cares? Like, let's just go with whatever looks cool and feels cool, not have to have it tied to the real world. Yeah, that's you a know? valid point. Cincinnati. It's like because because like, really, because oh, seriously, what would be the difference between Halloween Jack being like we say, oh no, it's New York, and it's like destroyed New York, or saying, oh no, it's L.A. but destroyed L.A. Ultimately, really, what's the difference? Yeah, well, I mean, in the ruins of Albuquerque, <laughs> <laughs> it's unchanged. 
You're right, Doug. The future that's destroyed is in the way future, so there's right. no reason so for us cares? to... Yeah, we can't... Yeah, pretty much. Nothing would even like, look the same. Like, like really, who, who would it appeal to if the lightning dogs one day were like, I've discovered this human city was once called New York. And it's just like, oh, I get yeah, it. Like it's a New Yorkshire York. Terrier. Yeah, I get it. It's like New York. Maybe the Yorkshire Terriers originally came from here. It'd be like, well, the, the audience watching would go, so? You know, like, so So they've discovered it's New York. Really, who cares? Whereas if it's Halloween Town and Lightning, or, uh, Lightning Jack, <laughs> Halloween Jack <laughs> runs the place, then, like, that's what it is now, and that's what matters. I, I mean, if we give, like, subtle clues of what it used to be, and the viewer figures it out on their own. Right. Like, that's different. a fun little surprise for them. Yeah. Like, and eventually when the lightning dogs get, like, jets or helicopters or whatever, and they decide to go <laughs> check out the rest of this planet. Because the planet, I mean, again, we got other countries. You got other landscapes. We don't have to just stick to North American landscapes. It's like if, if Wolfman Jack was well, like. And I'm sure that the nuclear bombs did a really good job of terraforming the world yeah, to, to yeah. make it more interesting After for our stories. After a thousand stories. years. Yeah. So if like if, if there's an, like a mid-season arc is uh, Wolfman Jack is um, the AI gets destroyed. And at, like, oh, we only have a few bit of battery left for Wolfman Jack to tell us. Like, Wolfman, how do we get you back? He's like, you go down to Antarctica. You can find my backup systems on the server. You got to go and hack into the cloud and get it back. So, like, they got to go to Antarctica and go into the, like, deep underground, whatever. Using the lightning dog arrow set. fight mutant penguins. <laughs> fight mutant penguins. Yeah, mutant penguins are all, or mutant polar bears or whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. Led by a robot. Yeah. And then, you who know, thinks whatever. he's a penguin. <laughs> led by a robot who thinks he's a penguin. <laughs> Never seen that before. <laughs> Except the robot can fly. That's why they worship him. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so we got we got a cast. Seems pretty cool. Yeah, we got I, some villains. I'm liking the villains. We got a couple villains that are some great starting points for a couple villains. And I think another way to look at it is to say, let's think of villains and locations and how they can be tied together. Right. Yeah. Like, because if we got Plant Man in the plant area, we got Robot uh, Guy in Antarctica. We've got. I really like the idea of like an abandoned, twisted amusement park being where Halloween Jack has his throne. Coney Island. Yes. <laughs> Precisely. But and he's queen. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like Halloween Jack's got that feel to it. Plant Guy's got that feel to it. The uh, Antarctica robot possible thing that whatever's in the future, we can figure out more desert stuff, like Egyptian stuff, like, you know, whatever. We, the, the, now, now, now that we're discussing that it's Earth, let's open up Earth a little bit more, see what more the, the planet itself can offer us, especially after a thousand years after a nuclear fallout. And let me just say, as, as the guy drawing all this shit, I cannot wait to draw the kid in all the 90s gear. <laughs> Rollerblades. I, I am going underline to, bold in red. High tops that deploy rollerblades and well, have she just, rockets she attached to the back. She could just make her own rollerblades. Like, like, if she finds... Like a pair of high tops, and is like, oh, this is what humans wore. And she loves humans. She loves the masters. She puts them on, and then she sees like masters on rollerblades. She's like, I'm going to build that out of this. She can just build high top rollerblades. They light up, and they are powered by rockets. <laughs> they light up as she rolls. I, I don't know about the rockets, <laughs> but let's light up. Yeah, that definitely. definitely. Light, up, we'll light, light like, up high tops are, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good, that's a good start. I, I feel what's good about what we have is here. We, we do have a core cast finally. Yeah. Like, finally. And we have. Two things, two important things on the map. We have Glampire's Dominion, and we have the like su somewhat subterranean base that the Lightning Dogs operate out of. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now we're in a position where between those two opposing forces, we, we can, can now fill in the middle, fill the rest of this world. Yeah, so that's great. So now we just got to figure out what the next step is. Well, the next step is to fast forward to one year later. This episode was released July 2013, and we didn't team up for another episode until July 2014. It's shameful, really. And at this point, looking back, it's absurd. I don't know how we managed. Though, we certainly didn't stop thinking about lightning dogs. In the next episode, we regroup and share the ideas and developments that were kicking around our brains for a whole year. We definitely never expected it to be so long, but as we got busier with both other aspects of Nerdy Show and our lives, it got harder and harder to get the same team together. And in fact, we never did again. What you just heard is the last of our original lightning dogs recordings with Brian. It was around this time that he stepped back from hosting Nerdy Show at large, as his life of riding Atomic Robo picked up. It doesn't mean that Brian won't be involved with Lightning Dogs again in some respect, and all that extra time working on amazing action science adventures were certainly well worth it. You can read all of Atomic Robo for free at atomic-robo.com. But before I jump too far ahead, if any of these developing concepts for Lightning Dogs are shooting sparks in your brain, you're not alone. Between episodes 2 and 3 of Lightning Dogs, we got more fan art. In this case, two wildly different takes on the Diamond Dogs. Matt Tasm's interpretation was a Doberman in heavy armor, and Anique Zimmer went down a path I myself had gone in some preliminary sketches. 
an Anubis-shaped figure made entirely out of harsh angled crystals. If you have any fan art, just email us at lightningdogs at nerdyshow.com, post it to the forums, or share it on any of the Lightning Dogs social feeds. We've got a growing gallery of awesome art that's been sent our way, even some fan fiction. Lightning Dogs has come a long way since our early days, and now that we've hit a point to where we're developing the show in earnest, we've grown a fair amount of production costs, like paying for audio editing, concept art from outside artists, as well as general business costs, like yearly fees to maintain our LLC. If you like what we do and would like to help us develop the series further, please consider joining the pack and supporting Lightning Dogs via Patreon. With your help, we can increase productivity, do cool projects like comics, create episode animatics, audio dramas, or even extra special projects like the first one we're working on. Having Greg Weissman, creator of Gargoyles, co-creator of Young Justice, review our pitch bible for Lightning Dogs and advise us on how we should move forward. He's agreed to do it, but he can't do it for free. After that, we've got what would be a life-changing goal. For Doug to quit his job, he's agreed to come work for Lightning Dogs for practically nothing, really. If that happens, we'll be able to make this a weekly series and crank out much more Lightning Dogs awesomeness. So join our pack on patreon.com slash lightningdogs. You'll help us create more content, and you'll receive a lot in return, too, including early release episodes, concept art, high-res production materials, exclusive recordings, and anything else we can dig up. Join us next time as we continue the adventures of the Lightning Dogs. Thanks for listening to Lightning Dogs, the official podcast presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend or funding us via Patreon. At patreon.com slash nerdyshow, you can fund the whole Nerdy Show network and unlock a plethora of amazing bonus content and early releases. And at patreon.com slash lightning dogs, you can fund the further development of the entire lightning dogs universe from podcasts to animation while getting all kinds of behind the scenes bonus materials and extras to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming. Visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. Be sure to follow nerdy show and lightning dogs on all your favorite social networks, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. We're on all of them. Just search for lightning. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.